Hello again, this is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs, and we are talking Manhattan. And Johnny, we're about uh, in the second week here. We're closing off the second week of this no showings request from Governor Cuomo. Yep. So we're, we're, we're half a month almost into this whole thing. And um, we just got some contract numbers and some supply numbers for the month now that it's, it's April 1st, Johnny. And we're not fooling around. No. So new supply, new listings coming to market down 48%, right? Way down. And, that's, and, new and, that's with, and, and these are with a full, this is with a half a month of normal activity. This is only a week and a half into, into it, correct? Yeah. This is only, we're not even fully into it yet. So, so April is really going to be the full-fledged, full-force month of what is this effect. So we got, we got to wait four weeks. We'll be able to track it on a weekly basis, and we'll do that in videos. But you're right. This is only half of the month. Um, that's really reflecting um, the slowdown here. Contract activity at 629. This usually is around 1,020, 1,030 um, for this time of year. That's down around 32%. So it's interesting that supply is actually falling at a faster pace than contract activity. And John, you mentioned closed sales to me before this podcast. You mentioned this a little bit. Yeah, so that, that these are the monthly charts that just came out as well. And you know, one of the things that we've been talking about is that the market was finally, the real estate market was finally starting to pull out of a, prolonged years, multi-year slump. Uh, so you look at January sales volume, and this is, again, these are review mirror stats, but it was up 9% year over year. Uh, and that's so going to happen. These, yeah, these we're going to be entering, not only are we going to be entering a, a state of sort of bad numbers just because of the environment we're in, but we're going to be entering a state of absolute confusion on both the agent side and on the, the consumer side. So just well, let's just explain that heads up. because, because, because what's going on right now, this bad, this future bad period that you just referenced right now that we're, that we're, that we're a few weeks in and we're about to go into April. So we're going to be six weeks in at some point in a month from now, those numbers are not going to be public record until fall. Right. So if you think about the lag, we always talk about this, John. Everyone always emails me is why do you not show charts for February and March on Urban Dig sales charts? And I keep telling you, it's because we have a lag of, of the sales filings from Acris and we have a lag from contract signing to close. You add those two lags together, these sales charts, when they come out and they're complete, like you said, is a rear view mirror, four to six months rear view mirror. So we have the four to six months prior when the market was actually picking up and rebounding. Yep. That's yet to filter through this quarter and probably next quarter. So now you're starting to see median sale prices up 2.2%, price mm -hmm. per square foot flat. Johnny, that was, that was down for the longest time. That was down four or 5% for, for six months, yeah. every month. Yeah, and, I, and we're lucky today to be joined by Cindy Scholes of Compass to kind of help us uh, talk about some of this disparity and talk about uh, the confusion we're all seeing and um, help help understand the market we're in as well as, you know, kind of things to do to keep an eye on it. So let's yeah, I love Cindy. I love Cindy. She, she's got <laughs> some good things to say. Um, Cindy, you're audio only today, but do me a favor, introduce yourself, tell people who you are, and then just tell us what's going on. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for having me today. My name is Cindy Scholes, real estate broker at Compass. Um, you know, what are we seeing in, in the market right now? I think the only thing that's certain is, is uncertainty. Uh, looking at your data, which is always great on urban digs, what this is showing is that we are on pause right now. You know, um, we, my clients, we, we have deals in place. Uh, they're very happy to be moving forward. Uh, the clients have 
great taste. Most every deal that we have under contract now was won through a bidding war. So these clients know there is demand for the product that they're buying. So should there be a slight dip in value, it will rebound. I think anyone you know, who is buying right now or looking to buy, you need to expect longer holding periods. Um, we have deals in play and we're working through offers for homes that clients toured before the shutdown. We're not doing any deals from virtual tours or floor plans. I think clients really need to see homes before committing to a purchase. That said, doesn't mean they can't um, browse virtually, which is great, but right now we're adhering to all the advice being given to, to stay home and um, pause is really the best term for what's going on in our market. Yeah, so, so Cindy, could I ask, uh, in these deals, are these Manhattan deals, Brooklyn deals, price ranges, kind of just give a general ballpark or is this sort of all over the place or is it sort of in one sort of specific sector? Yeah, sure. So um, the deals that we had in contract prior prior to COVID becoming a reality uh, are all different price points. You know, mm -hmm. over over five million and under five. But the deals primarily that we are considering putting offers on that uh, clients had toured in the past month or so, mm -hmm. they're mostly under three million. Okay. Hey Cindy, is there? Do you have any color about what those buyers are thinking? I mean, are they are they expecting certain drastic discounts, or are they are they willing to be reasonable? Well, um, I I think it it really depends on on the buyer. We have some buyers who are completely unrealistic right now, expecting these really steep discounts where there is no data supporting these sort of discounts. Yeah. Um, and you know, then then we see if we have a seller who is stressed to sell, then they're looking to be somewhat negotiable. But right now, it's really been too soon to give um, kind of like a, a macro view of what sort of discounts we're seeing. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a great point. Is that listen in every every market, there's going to be a subset of sellers who have to sell at any price, just for personal reasons, financial reasons, whatever it might be we have yet to see where those sellers are. And if you're a buyer out there and you're actually trying to take advantage of, of these sort of sellers, you have no idea who they are. So you're going to be out there making all kinds of crazy low ball bids. And I, I, I don't even know if that's a successful strategy in this market. Right. And, and, and I, and I don't think it is. And um, I've been talking to one of the benefits of what's going on right now is I've had the opportunity to talk to our brokers nationwide, a lot of top brokers, and none of them are really doing deals right now. So, mm. um, you know, we have to consider the outlook and the appropriateness of value during these uncertain times. The market is on pause. We do not have data so to support pricing projections, nor do we have guidance from analogies from the past. This is definitely, you know, this is a pandemic that we're dealing with. And, you know, what I do know is uh, in every market, money flows to value. When the market reopens, buyers will flock to value at all different price points. Sellers who need to sell will be the fastest to reflect value pricing. In a down market, what's the best thing to do? Hold. For sellers who don't have the luxury of holding, you'll see the most opportunity. Um, you know, right. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. I think we're entering a low volume market when this is over. We're not going to see the steep discounts clients are expecting across the board. Uh, luxury new development, 
is where you're most likely to see the most negotiation, particularly buildings that are less than 50% sold. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great point. And I think, let's just talk about the resale market. I think that you could actually make a case that some of the buyers coming out of this, especially for the under 3 million properties that you're referring to, sort of the, the bread and butter, two bedroom, three bedroom apartments, they actually might see a squeeze here because we, we might see supply just start dwindling uh, yep. as these buyers return. So we could see some pent up demand facing sort of a, a diminished supply. And that's not to say that that's going to push prices up, but it's certainly going to be a thinly traded market where um, questions of value are going to be sort of uh, very sort of unit specific and not broad based uh, answers. And Cindy, I completely agree with everything that you just said. I think you just nailed it. Um, I think you, you're spot on. I agree with everything. Um, we're, we're entering this and we've been talking about this. So if you've been listening to the last couple of podcasts, I keep saying it. This is going to be a thinly, low volume traded market. And the only types of inventory that are going to see the deals now are going to be those sellers that really have to sell because mm -hmm. the majority of, not all, but the majority of the buyers are going to be those opportunistic buyers that are putting in those discounts lower. And so it's like, all right, you got that to deal with, but you also got less inventory. And John, I just want to point something out really quick. I'm on Urban Dig supply chart, okay? I'm, I'm stuck at a line on April 1st, 2019, so a year ago. Okay. Look, look at what the data did. This is the time when stuff comes on the market. That's what people need to understand. This is our active season. So Cindy said we're at a pause. We are. This is going to all get shifted. Whatever active season we're going to have is going to completely pause, reverse, whatever you want to call it. It's going to shift to a later point in time. But look at what normally happens. We usually see rising inventory. Last year was 68.51, April 1st, and it got up to... 77.23 around June. And that's what happens. April, May, and June, we kind of rise with the inventory. Now look at what's going on with us, okay? Instead of rising, so let's just look at March 9th, March 10th, this trend started. March 9th, March 10th last year, we were just getting going. We were climbing the mountain, right? And that happens every season. So now we're straight down, Johnny. Yep. Just like what Cindy's saying. And off market's going off. And we're only a week and a half into the no showings request. So April is going to be that, that period. I think we get out of this thing at a crazy low inventory level when this thing starts to turn the corner in terms of like um, peak virus containment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Noah, I, I think it's so important to use data all the time. But particularly in this environment, it's super important. When we talk about the market, it's important not to make blanket statements. You know, I like to tier the market into three luxury categories. Yes, I call New York City real estate luxury in every single category because if you're paying $500,000 for a studio, you're a luxury buyer. So we have tier one, which is attainable luxury, which typically trades under $3 million. Tier two is a luxury market, and tier three, you have Ultralux. The Ultralux has arguably been going through a billionaire recession since 2015. Yeah. For attainable luxury, the opportunity is going to lie in the slowdown we will likely experience this summer. Uh, will values decrease? I'm not certain of that. And, you know, I actually think they won't because inventory will be so low. But buyer hesitation will allow people an entry point into the market who otherwise would be outbid in a bidding war or lose out for a more qualified buyer. Interesting. Very, very, very interesting. So this, so this, at the end of the day, this dislocation, this, this window 
So we agree, just, just so I can get us on record here, we both agree that we're in a dislocated discount window temporarily mm -hmm. right, right now. We're in it. We're in inning two or three uh, of a nine-inning game that may go extra innings. We don't know yet, right, um, with the month of April ahead. So that it's going to be thinly traded, low volume. So there are discounts. We just don't have price discovery on those mm -hmm. discounts. And when we do get price discovery, it's going to be August, September, October. And at that point in time, we're going to be in totally different dynamic than we are right now. So there'll be an asterisk next to it almost like, like it's just that is that market was a point in time. Right. Yeah, ab absolutely. And I think that this, um, that this summer and, you know, the, the months following the, the recovery from, from COVID will be a real, real opportunity. Um, it's interesting. In the past two weeks, when I'm talking to my clients and they're referring to the stock market, I've heard clients use the terms panic and FOMO within a handful of days of one another. Everyone was panicked when the market dropped 33%. And then when it rallied by 17% last week, people had serious FOMO. Now, no one can time the markets, uh, and I believe we're in for a pretty volatile ride the next 60 to 90 days. What I do know is that volatility creates opportunity. And to your point, there's going to be a window for buyers to seize the opportunity once, uh, once the market's open again. Right. I'll look at new supply here, John. Um, we got the new charts in. All right. We've been doing this um, weekly so people can understand. Just so you guys can see what's going on here. Take a look at what happened in March. So you guys could see it where we came in. We usually get around 1780. We came in at 900. So we're down around 50%. Um, next month, we typically get 2000 listings in. Cindy, 2,000 listings generally coming in April, last three yeah. years. I mean, where's it going to come in? Is it going to be 900? Is it going to be 700? Is it going to be 500? You know, so that's, that's what I think we got these inventory pressures. You know, I'm really curious to see where supply goes. We may come out of this with 4,000 units on the market. It, well, it's also interesting, you know, with days on market pause, there's really no harm in listing right now. So, right. Uh, you know, it'd be... I, there's so many questions that I, I think the answers to these questions are only going to be, you know, in hindsight, answerable in hindsight. So we'll, we'll look to those. But Cindy, if yeah. I could, if I could shift a little bit quickly, and I just want to talk about um, the pause order and staying at home and mm -hmm. keeping in touch with clients and past clients. And if you could shed some light on what kind of questions you're being asked and how you're answering them and, and how you're keeping your clients engaged, just, just for agents out there who are new and trying to, trying to figure this out as they're, they're just getting their business going kind of thing. I would, I think they'd all be appreciative. Yeah, of course. So I think um, the best advice for agents right now is they really need to shift their mindset from sales to advisory. You know, my strength has always been my strong network. So in recent weeks, I'm gathering information from trusted advisors in finance and health mm -hmm. and sharing these insights with clients. Um, it's going to be very challenging to sell homes sight unseen, nearly impossible. So right now, agents, they're, they really need to educate themselves and be prepared to you know, help their clients when, when we come out of this. But safety and, and health should be everyone's number one concern right now. What are you, what are you doing to, um, are you engaging your clients in any kind of different way? What, like, walk us through your day. Like what, how are you doing to kind of consult your clients um, in a unique way to get through this? Yeah, sure. So I um, have actually been, hosting um, Zoom calls and uh, I'm inviting uh, Compass agents to join and my clients alike. We usually get over a thousand people that call in. I have 
financial advisors, um, people from the, the healthcare industry, and we just talk about you know what's what's going on in in the world right now. Uh, and we're pretty careful not to give too much advice on you know large scale real estate purchases because really we're we're not certain what's happening. But um, how we're engaging clients through you know seeing properties is through Compass Collections is kind of like a Pinterest type way of looking at properties. And today Compass is rolling out a virtual suite of tools that you can use. So we're going to have virtual tours of apartments, neighborhoods, 3D staging. Um, you know, we're going to allow people access to, to a lot of listings virtually. Um, so I think that this will allow clients just to get excited for what's going to be the summer market. That is such a great idea because we've been telling people to use um, screen share technology along with their video yeah. and to do one-on-one -on -one calls with their clients, whether it's with my buyers, my sellers, my entire contact list, or just one-on-one -on -one with one specific client um, to get that engaging going. But you're doing calls and you're bringing in specialists. Yeah. That, that yeah. would be interesting for buyers or interesting for sellers to ask their own questions. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think yeah. the biggest thing here, as you mentioned, Cindy, is the advisory role. I mean, I mean, that's when it comes down to it, that's sort of when the agent's biggest function, uh, especially in a market like this. And, and I've noticed that, you know, for when I'm answering questions about people who are just generally worried about the value of their, their property, um, just talking it out helps. Even a little bit of numbers, even a little bit of insight into this or this just sort of really helps ease people's minds. So I think that's a great, yeah. great advice. Transparency yeah, is good. Yeah, tra transparency, you know, transparency is good. And for for my sellers who can, honestly, I, I'm advising them to hold right now. But um, the, the technology that we have available is is fantastic. I'm even bringing some clients uh, who are in similar situations together to have conversations on Zoom calls, which they've really liked. That's new. Yeah, it Could is new. Could you imagine doing a closing a negotiation <laughs> on Zoom? With the uh, buyer yeah. and the seller video right there and the broker in the middle. Oh my <laughs> God. Well, if, if, you're, if you're an agent doing this, please record it and send it over here because I'm publishing it on Talking Manhattan. Yeah, if you Amer Amer <laughs> Manhattan's funniest closing videos. That yeah, that's great. Well, new show. We're running out of time here, Cindy, but I just, you, know, you just mentioned um, one thing for sellers. I was going to ask you, what do you say for sellers? What do you say for buyers? What do you say for agents? For sellers, you said you're telling them to hold. You're telling them yeah. to hold right now. Just, just, just meaning don't be very cautious about hitting a low ball offer kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. If, if you don't have to sell, then you should not be selling right now. Uh, okay. You know, just, just wait it out. Like patience and time is, is going to be your friend right now for, for sellers. Okay. And what about buyers who, who they see blood on the streets and, and then they see, you know, these inventory levels declining and um, you know, what, what do you say to them? So, you know, um, buyers, I'm just telling them, you know, get prepared for when the market does does reopen. And I think one of the biggest lessons we can learn here when people now are arguably not feeling very rich, see what your tolerance is for risk and see what you can actually afford. Don't overextend yourself. Something that we see a lot uh, is aspirational buyers and people overextending themselves. So right now we're taking the time to work with advisors and making sure that if clients purchase something, they can, they can truly afford it. Right. That's great advice. And what about any, so. any advice for opportunistic buyers that are looking to get a 30% deal right now? 
Um, you know, I, I think that it will just stay in close contact with, with your brokers. You know, we're hearing of, of deals like coming across our desk all the time. One of our fantastic brokers from Boston, she actually started a collection of distressed sellers. So we will have access to, to these deals once we're able to get up and running again. You know, it's not just the fact that we can't show properties but um, banks and management companies are, are the bottleneck to these things happening. So just sit tight, hold tight, you know, let's see what the next 30 days brings and buyers are gonna be really well positioned to take advantage of the market. Good stuff. And what about agents? Last question for agents. You got agents out there that are new, that are, that are, that are dealing with this for the first time, they're trying to get their business going and then this hit, any advice for them? Yeah, I would just be reading, 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 taking the time to educate yourself, uh, I believe a lot in, in mentorship. I've, I've benefited a lot from mentorship. Agents that probably are way too busy normally to have the time of day to talk to you, send them an email with three questions you want answered. Don't just ask for a phone call, but say, hey, can I have 15 minutes of your time to answer these three questions? And you'll be surprised. A lot of agents will get on the phone and give advice. Um, I would probably consider maybe joining a team if you're a solo agent that's just starting out. It's going to be a little rough getting getting back into the business. And in general, um, you know, I know a lot of people are scared, but I think as, you know, New Yorkers selling New York, you should shift your mindset from being scared to being prideful. You know, I'm so proud of our first responders and how New York is coming together to help and protect our city. I think Cuomo's doing an amazing job. My dad's a retired fireman who was in 9-11 and I beam with pride when I talk about my dad for many reasons, but I'm extremely grateful for his courage. And I know our first responders will forever be deemed as New York heroes. And when I hear murmurs that people won't want to live in New York City anymore and no one's coming back, that's so foolish because it's the best city in the world. And um, I think we're all really fortunate to be selling in New York. Yeah. Yeah. New Yorkers do come together. This is, that's amen to that. And uh, listen, I, I thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of your day. Cindy, I really appreciate it. It's the Scholes from Compass. Um, stay safe out there. Be well and just get yourself ready for when this all ends and we can get back to business. Yeah. Thank take care. Thank you. This all is right, Noah and John. We're from Urban Digs. We're talking Manhattan and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.